So hey, you're listening to the Inside Family Law podcast, um, and I'm here at the sixth annual AFCC conference in Sydney, um, and I'm talking with Dr. Robert Simon, who is all the way from the US. Thank you very much for speaking with me. It's great to be here. So um, what, did, what did you come and speak here at the conference about, just, just overall? Well, I spoke the other day about advocacy and about effective advocacy for families uh, in family law matters. And today I'm going to be speaking about parent coordination and um, which is essentially an effort to keep families out of the court and empower mm. them to their own solutions. Okay. And look, I understand that you work in like in quite a few different places and, and spaces. Where do you primarily work? I consult on cases throughout the United States mm. and I've been privileged to consult here in, in in uh, Australia and some other mm-hmm. countries, but I live in San Diego, California and Maui, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And what is it you do again? Like, what's your role in the family? I'm a forensic process? psychologist okay. and my, my, my life's work um, as a psychologist has all been about families, children and um, divorce, mm-hmm. child custody disputes and um, the kinds of things that, uh, uh, that can happen to children when their parents' relationship ends. So what can happen? I mean, as I said, you've seen different things all around the world. You know, you spit, you go to a lot of these conferences around the world. You see what's happening in other jurisdictions. And, and you and I were talking earlier about that there is a universality to experience. Like yes. What, what, what is it that you see that is common across different cultures? You different know, I think cultures? the kinds of problems that families experience and children experience when the parental relationship ends are, are very universal. What mm. what what families here in Australia struggle with are the exact same issues that families in America struggle with, that families in Asia struggle with. Um, It's all the same. The solutions are different because the solutions are are in part um, based in whatever the laws, uh, the the, the legal uh, uh, situation is in a given country. But more important than that, solutions that are really effective can very much depend on the culture of the family. because family and family culture differs from place to place, mm. I mean, even within a country. So one of the things about crafting solutions for families or thinking about how to solve families' problems is first coming to understand what's that family's culture, and I mean culture with a large C, as okay. in you know the broad culture, mm. but also what's the unique family culture? What are the belief systems within the family? What are the tradi- t- traditions within the family? The values within that family? And when you look at things from that perspective, you're able to get very creative and um, try to craft solutions for families with families that will work for them. I really love that you just said that because it's true, yes, there is the broader cultural perspective, but then there is each family has their own way. Each That's family right. has their own culture in a way. Like That's right. unique to them. And, That's right. And so you work also in family therapy work to help I, people? I, I, I no families? longer do that kind okay. of work. I did that work for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I no longer do. Um, but I certainly have a wealth of experience in it. Mm, okay. Um, that's really interesting what you say, to come from that perspective of understanding that family first rather than just being like, you know, family law by numbers, like, we'll do this, this, and this, and that'll work in every family. That's right. Different things work in different families. Let me give you an example of that. Um, so mom and dad split up, and the kids are spending time with, in each parent's home, and it turns out that in, in mom's home, the children share the bed with mom, and in dad's home, they don't. And dad is alarmed by the fact that they're sharing the bed in mom's home. Um, so those are the kind of thing I'm describing mm. to you where neither is right. Mm. Um, but the difference between how it's viewed, say, between mom's house and dad's house has to do with the culture of that family. 
mm. and the belief system and what is normalized within that. So the, the answer to that problem is probably not that they should or shouldn't have a family bed. Mm. The answer to the problem is building a bridge of understanding between the homes about what works in each home and why it works in each home. It's really interesting what you say because so I worked for a while as a court-appointed independent children's lawyer and what I would see, sort of, it's a different example but it's a similar kind of thing, you'd, you'd see a couple that, well they're no longer a couple, a family that maybe had, the, had they stayed together and they, they were different, maybe one parent was more into like organic food health and macrobiotic diets or whatever right. and then the other fa- the other parent was a bit more lax let's have burritos and junk food or whatever and right had they stayed together that actually could have been a nice balance for the child in seeing different you know just being more flexible right but because they've separated they've like polarized and polarized in their positions well and that's the interesting thing when they pathologize each other's you know that that's exactly right as when as opposed to when they were together mm. they somehow were able to cobble together mm. room for both mm. and it may have been a struggle but it was done. Now that the family's not together, all of a sudden, it becomes a divisive problem. Mm. So that that leads me to, I think, is the, the most important thing I've learned about um, supporting children in these kinds of situations is this. The greatest risk to children when the family splits up is the conflict between the parents about the children. It's not what they're having the conflict about. Should the children sleep in the family bed? Is it okay for them to stay up till 10 o'clock at night or should they be in bed by eight? Um, is it okay for them to be to, to see this kind of a movie or that kind of a movie? Have McDonald's once a week. <laughs> That's right. The, the problem is not the problem. The problem is the conflict that the parents have about the children and what I try to teach parents and frankly lawyers and judges all the time is that we need to focus instead on the on the content we need to focus on the process how do we get these parents to communicate more openly and protect the children from their differences how, that's the how, key how do, well i know there's no one size fits all but what are some of the ways towards that uh, you, you motivate you educate them for one thing you 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 educate them by helping them you show them the research uh, and you give a lot of examples and anecdotes of how the conflict between the parents is what harms the child, not the content of the conflict. Something I tell parents all the time is you must love your children more than you dislike or distrust each other. If you can't do that, then you're not parenting them with enough heart. That's really key. Everyone listening, listening. <laughs> <laughs> what we just said then was really important. No, it's, it's to so, me, it's, so it's very simple. But emotionally, that's a very complex thing to do. It's true. And very it's so complex. easy to get caught up in, oh, they're, they're sleeping in the mother's bed, or oh, right. they're eating. You know, I had a client once want me to send a letter to the other side about cake abuse. And I said, what's this cake abuse? And she said, well, they get cake once a week in a cafe, the, the father and the child. And she, I just I wouldn't send the letter, but she wanted me to send this letter. From her mind, she, the child had no health issues. Right. You know, and I said, "Isn't that kind of nice? They get the, they get their you know their cake in the cafe on Wednesdays." And she's like, "This is cake abuse." And she was so upset with, as you said, the content, like what's happening. That was t- turning into this giant thing that was a, not proportionate to the actual. Well, and Zoe, if I can just say this too to the, the folks that are listening, um, I'm a I'm a parent of two now adult sons. Um, their mom and I are divorced, and I made all the mistakes that I'm talking about that I help parents to try to correct and make. It's very human to make these mistakes. There's something about the process that draws us into that sort of lower level versus higher level of of existence and awareness and love. Um, And so I want parents who are struggling and having conflict to know that that doesn't make them bad people. Mm. 
and that there's actually a process of working it through and that those of us who are the professionals in the field and the authorities in the field, we're only human too. And I've made every mistake as a co-parent that can be made. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the key isn't, uh, the, the key for me at least was learning, learning from them. And then I turned that into what I try to help families with and I share my own experience to, to, to humanize it mm -hmm. because you never want the parent who's struggling to feel like there's something wrong with them. No, that's absolutely true. And what you say is true. I actually find I catch myself out making those mistakes that's right. with my daughter. Like my husband was, was starting to take her out on Sundays, um, you know, and he's like, you can sleep in and we'll have this father-daughter time. And that sounds great, right? And they come back and I'm like, so how was it? What did you guys do? And he's like, like we're together, but he just takes her out and I sleep in, which is fantastic. Yeah. And he comes back and I'm like, what did you do? And he's like, oh, it was great. We got, you know, we had like McDonald's or we got pan au chocolat because he's French. We had, you know, patisserie. And there's, there's this inner cake abuse in me that I want to be like, <laughs> Stop and I want to start right. controlling the time and right. you can't eat this and I just go shut up Zoe shut up shut up that's right but that's it's very right. hard it's very hard that's a, it, it is hard <laughs> it's a very human experience and um, uh, you know it, the, the thing I also want to say is that working these struggles through is one of the most rich and rewarding personal growth experiences you can have if you commit yourself to trying to resolve these patterns in you and understanding what what motivates you or, or causes you to engage in conflict that doesn't need to be engaged. So insight, self-awareness. You will grow. You'll become a much, you'll become a human being who, who likes themselves a whole lot more. Mm. And it's true, we all make mistakes and at some point as well there has to be some level of forgiveness, you know, like through the separation process, like parents need to forgive each other, parents need to forgive their children sometimes. Things themselves. Children to, and children need to forgive parents and parents need to forgive themselves. Themselves. All of that. Themselves, of that, that's you know. right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, a final anecdote for you. Not, not, not two or three months after my former wife and I split up, I was at the dry cleaner picking up my dry cleaning, and the dry cleaner said to me, um, do you, you're a psychologist, yes. Do you do marriage therapy? And I said, yes, I do. And at the time, I was doing therapy. And he said, um, but aren't you and your wife getting divorced? And I said, yes, we are. He said, how can you do marriage therapy? <laughs> and I said to him, do you ever get a spot on your shirt? <laughs> In other words, even though you're a dry cleaner, you're a human being and sometimes food gets on your clothing too. What we do and who we are as professionals doesn't make us any less fundamentally human than anybody else. So when you're getting assistance and getting help from professionals for these kinds of problems, and these are people who you feel are not presenting to you as fully human and fully authentic, mm -hmm. and they won't expose and show themselves, find somebody who will. Thank you so much. I'm going to be chasing you further at the conference to talk about other things, but this is part one of this podcast with <laughs> Dr. Robert Simon. Thank you. <laughs> That's great.